What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday to you all. I hope you had a great weekend. We are, uh, the team is here. Me, Allie, Amanda, Chrissy. Uh, and it's uh, another wonderful and positive, inspirational, fun Ask Nick, Ask, Ask Nick, Ask Nick episode. <laughs> You'd think I'd be able to enunciate the titles. Where's Justin Long when you need him? Of our show. Yeah. But it's a really fun episode, and we are excited to bring it to you. Uh, don't forget to send in your questions at asknickacastmedia.com. Uh, we, we so appreciate the vulnerability of our callers, and, and they, once again, that they brought the, their A-game today. And uh, if you have a story wanting you to share it, don't worry. Uh, you can be anonymous uh, if you don't want anyone to know. It's your story, and uh, we, we really appreciate it. So don't forget to send those in. Uh, we love this show. We love bringing it to you, and we hope you guys really, really enjoy it. Before we, we start our callers, I guess we probably should uh, mention the recent news uh, between my friend Demi and Reality Steve. I, I really hate talking about this stuff. It gives me a ton of anxiety because the question is always, is it worth it? Um, Obviously, you know, I got a, a lot of criticism in the past for having, you know, well, not for having Steve on, but having Steve on and uh, doing a bad job of not showing my bias while interviewing Steve. And I did. I, I wish I could have uh, done a better job of, of um, you know, exposing my bias and therefore kind of um, taking away my credibility when it came to conducting an interview. But obviously... I hope it seems to be more clear why that bias exists uh, because it does exist. It wasn't easy for what Demi did. I know she had a lot of fear uh, about it. And if you aren't aware uh, of how this all came to be, uh, the, the ladies from the Chatty Broads uh, recently uh, apparently uncovered some a, a list of problematic things that Steve has said about, specifically about women from the franchise. And then uh, apparently that was a catalyst for, for Demi to talk about this uh, sex dream that Steve uh, decided it was okay to describe to Denny, Demi he had a her and then ask her to keep it a secret. It's frustrating, man. Um, you know, again, I did such a bad job of not exposing my bias that um, you know, I don't know if it empowered Steve even more. Um, I think it's important that people understand how Steve makes his money. He has a website he run he he and it's search engine optimization. So he, he it's ad placement on his website. So the more traffic he gets, the more money he makes. So it doesn't matter uh, what's true or not, right? Um, the more traffic, the more money he gets. So when he got it wrong about Jenna Cooper and essentially ruined her life for a year. He profited from that. When, when Jenna Cooper went on his podcast to get an apology from Steve, when she cleared her name, he made money from that. There seems to be a huge conflict of interest there because he doesn't have a boss or an editor or a legal team telling him what he can or shouldn't put out. And that seems scary. You know, whether he is too oblivious or too righteous with the things that he does, you know, and, uh, I think that makes me feel so shitty about how I conducted the interview I had with him is obviously I empowered the guy even more. Um, you know, he came on this podcast and admitted to a lot of things and, and um, it didn't seem to matter and that must have empowered him even more. And a month later, then he did what he did to Demi. Um, and then after Demi cut him off, 
Steve decided to tell his audience that I was the reason that Demi cut him off and not the reason that was true, which is Steve made an unwanted sexual advance at Demi. And that's Steve. That's who reality Steve is. You know, that was, you know, he spreads assumptions and bias and makes up stories and tells his audience uh, and blames other people and it affects their lives. And uh, every time we bring up his name, we get anxiety and there's a fear of either his audience or certain people who support what he does or him saying things because again, no, he, it's, it's hard to hold him accountable. The only way to hold him accountable is to, to knock on his website because it, it doesn't matter if what he puts out is true or not, he still makes money from it. And I just think that's pretty scary. So that's all I'll say about that. Uh, again, just super proud of, of my friend Demi. And just one last thing. Uh, uh, you know, we got in the weeds when Steve was on my podcast. And, you know, lately, I think it's really frustrating for many people in Bachelor Nation is that um, Steve talks so much about how how poor the, the, the franchise is uh, on protecting the mental health of cast. And and just last week with Dave Holmes, we mentioned that the show definitely needs to do better in that department. But it, it's really frustrating when Steve gets on that train, given some of the m many mental health uh, problems and issues he's raised with many cast. And the fact that he acts so oblivious to that is not only frustrating, but really scary for the people who are, in are involved. Um, because you're right, he can't be fired. Uh, he can't shut down his website. And as long as, as people choose to consume the things that he puts out, um, he will continue to affect the mental health of people uh, on that show. And um, I just think it's, you know, it sucks. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. More importantly, let's get to the Ask Nick callers. And uh, once again, we uh, really appreciate your support of the show and listening. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Question time with Nick. Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? Hey, I'm Kristen. I'm 30 and I am from British Columbia. Hi. How can I help? Hey. Hey, um, so I just recently, about a month ago, got out of a relationship where I was constantly felt like I was wrong and that I was doing stuff wrong. I was walking on eggshells. I was insecure. I was essentially the problem uh, in every aspect. Gotcha. Uh, who broke up with who? Honestly, I can't even answer that question because in the final fight, I was the one who had said, if you continue to talk to me like this, we're breaking up. Yeah. And then he said, okay, we're breaking up. And I was like, okay. So, great. I guess mutual? Mutual? I don't know. Well, it sounds like you finally stood your ground, and that's good. Yeah, that is that is what happened, yeah. Um, in any relationship, two people are always at fault, but like no one should feel like they're walking on eggshells. And if you are feeling like you're walking on eggshells, then... Uh, even if you are making mistakes, everyone makes mistakes in relationships. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, and for so sure, yeah. in a healthy relationship, you should be with a partner that's willing to work through that with you, not constantly yeah. bringing up every mistake you've ever done in the past or, or yelling at you for every little thing that you, you do and, and venting and taking out their anger 
that they've built up about life for everything out on you. Yeah. Was that, oh my gosh, I mean, yes. what, is that what was going on? It was, or? um, well, we were together for like about two years. Okay. Um, up until about November of 2020, we were like absolutely perfect. Like we lived together. We did everything together. We had like, we loved each other's family. We loved each other's friends. We had same interests. We had the same, you know, we wanted the same things in life. Everything seemed to be perfect. Yeah. So it actually was perfect up until this one fight we got in Christmas. Essentially, we were going out for his friend's birthday his friend had a club rented out. So we went to the club. Everything seemed fine. We were having so much fun as we usually did. Um, in the evening, it was going on. I was talking to his friend for a bit. He was there with me. We bought his friend a drink. We drank it together. We were all having fun, I thought. We went home. Everything seemed perfectly fine. We went to bed. 4 a.m., I was woken up to him standing over top of me, just screaming at me, telling me, you're having an affair with my friend. I think you're sleeping with him. There's something between you guys. Like, it was just like completely out of nowhere. We had never fought about another girl or another guy in a relationship. Like, it was like completely like blind. It, I was blindsided by it, essentially. I still to this day don't know where it came from. Okay. Well, that sounds nuts. It was. So, <laughs> in that moment, crazy. like, knowing that you did nothing wrong, knowing that. No. Right? And yeah, I guess good on you if you were like, all right, I know I did nothing wrong, but I'm going to do an inventory of all of my actions and, and could I be preserved as yeah. flirting? And it sounds like you did that because you stuck with him and then you came to a conclusion like, nope, still confused about how, Yeah, like, did you ever come to the conclusion that like he's, you know, acting delusional? That was my conclusion, but I did not want to say that because I still loved him but I I did try and look for it like I tried to talk about it I tried to be like you know I don't really appreciate that you did that I feel like I didn't deserve that mm -hmm. and he pretty much just said like you did deserve that like you acted out of line and I was like I I don't think I did though like I it was just a normal conversation he was there for the conversation it was nothing weird so it's almost like hard to explain it because no, it almost no, no, seems it's, it's crazy. Not hard. No, I mean, I, I think a lot of people can relate to this. It, it's tough, right? Because this happened out of the blue. It shocked you all oh, yeah. in a period in which you felt love for this person, right? Yeah. The reality is, is like, this is not much different than someone breaking up with you out of the blue. He didn't break up with you, right? Like he just got mad and yelled at you. And sometimes we get surprised and blindsided by some people we love, right? But mm -hmm. he didn't break up with you, right? So like no. you were you were grappling with this feelings of love for him while realizing this person has a side to him that you didn't see before. This extraordinarily jealous side that was yeah. so sensitive, so toxic or whatever that rational thinking and behavior went out the door, right? Yeah. And it sounds it yeah. sounds like you spent and I get good on you for like you know trying to do the right thing and talking to him and understand and empathize and all these things that you you know normal yeah. people do in a relationship, but you were trying to act rational to someone who was acting irrationally. And, and listen, sometimes it happens in relationships, but 
he continued to do this and this went on and on and on and on and on and on and uh you finally came to an understanding that you two couldn't get on the same page and you broke up and how long did this go on for this period of when he first reacted to when you finally broke up for like i was actually i gotta say I was really unsure about a relationship after that fight because I was just like, I don't know where this came from. I know I don't deserve that. Like, I know my worth. I know I didn't deserve what uh -huh. he did to me. Yeah. Um, but there was a period after that all throughout from, say, beginning of December, all throughout Christmas where um, he was doing little things. And every time we had plans or every time we were going to go do something together or something would come up, he would do this thing called testing me. Where just for example, one night we had plans and he was like, oh, well, I'm actually like going to go out with the guys instead. And I was just like, well, you know, like we had plans tonight. Like I thought we were going to do something together. And he pretty much told me the next day after he did finally say, OK, we'll do something together. He said that was a test. That was a test to see how you would react to me wanting to like essentially do something else. So, it's, oh my gosh, I was just like, what? Okay, so here's, okay, cool, cool, let's answer a couple yes or no questions or give me some specific yeah. numbers. Like, so from the first time he did this thing, woke up over you yelling at you to the time you broke up, how long was that period of time? Uh, Three months, four okay. months. And then how long were you dating before it first happened? Year and a half. Year and a half, okay. Listen, that happens, right? You know, there's a good lesson here that you can date, so it takes it takes a long time for us to get to know one another. It takes a long time for people to feel comfortable enough in relationships to truly be themselves. And sometimes yeah. it, lasts, it takes a year and a half, right? And that sucks for you because you invest all this time and you felt love, but it's happened to a lot of people before, you know? People who date yeah. for three years and break up, they realize, you know, it wasn't because, you know, they changed, but lots of times it's because they finally got comfortable enough to truly be themselves. And that's why dating and relationships are hard. The lesson you can learn from here, from this, is that like that day that he woke up and said, hey, by the way, that was a test. You should immediately have been like, this is really going to be really hard for me to process internally, but like we need to break up because that is some scary, toxic behavior. That is nuts. You know, like no relationship. Yeah. If you're in a relationship where someone like treats you like a lab rat, and, and tests te and, and they admit to testing you break up immediately i know like, that's not a relationship I, I really should have you know he is not your teacher mentor you know you're not again you're not a science experiment it's called communication you talk through things you work things out always 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 important to know what we are putting in our bodies it doesn't matter whether it's food or products on our body but especially vitamins just because there are vitamins doesn't mean they are healthy for you do your research and ritual has done their research for you we always talk about you know what dirty dicks there's some dirty dicks out there we know it to be true we had a caller on this show who talks about a dirty dick she experienced but we're so worried about having sex and and but like we need to think about it as our vitamins we put it in our body but i'll tell you what every time i take a ritual vitamin because they make them for men now too 
It helps me feel good. And I know and I have the confidence that I'm putting healthy ingredients in my body while I'm taking vitamins. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients in forms your body can actually use to help fill the gaps in your diet. No shady extras. Ritual's delayed release capsules designed to deliver high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 and just two daily pills. Yeah, what more can I say? I, I've been taking Ritual. I, I'm getting the uh, the nutrients in my body that I need as a man. Uh, I, I feel confident that it's designed specifically for me and I don't have to worry about having it at all have some bullshit I don't really need and some fillers. So, so get those key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash V-I-A-L-L to start your ritual today. Modern fertility. Well, ladies, I, I do not know what it is like to be you, but I do have enough of friends who talk about getting pregnant and the stress that can go into it and how hard it can be. And knowledge is power no matter what you're doing. And wouldn't it be great if there was a company that gave you a bunch of knowledge without having to make a doctor's appointment or leave you or your home and find out a little bit more information about your reproductive organs. Well, Modern Fertility exists and it's great and it's here for you. And uh, Chrissy, you have a personal story to share about Modern Fertility. I do. Modern Fertility is great. As soon as you get the kit, you start, as soon as you order your kit, you start getting emails from them and they really help you along the entire way to get your kit to you, do your, your finger prick. Uh, there's a community online that you can talk to because it's not just about like your fertility, but it's also about your overall women's health. And you can bring that with you to the doctor, which is amazing. The best part is it's uh, a fraction of the cost it would uh, take to get this information at a doctor's office. Well, right now you can get an additional $20 off Modern Fertility and have it just be a $139 when you go to Modern Fertility fertility.com slash v-i-a-l-l modernfertility.com again is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash v-i-a-l-l which means your test will only cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office so get that $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash v-i-a-l-l modernfertility.com slash v-i-a-l-l so like that that did go on for quite some time and after that you know what there wasn't really a big blow up after that until like our final breakup after that it was kind of just like little things where yeah but the fact that that, i'm not trying to make you feel bad but because you didn't break up with him in that moment like it it was just basically a bomb that had delayed it's like blow up time you know what i'm saying so like whatever happened in between that moment he woke up and said i was testing you to the time you finally broke up is kind of irrelevant. You know, whether you had good and bad days in between or whatever, like you had, that was your answer. Yeah. That was, was. that was like, you know, God or whatever you believe in saying you guys are going to break up. This is over. It's toxic. And it just took you three months to finally like muscle up, you know, and and that's fine. Cause you had to like, basically he shocked you with this, like, I'm a, this is crazy and toxic to you processing, I still feel love for you, but like realizing and getting to know who he really is. So our final, like the break, week and we broke up, we rented an Airbnb with two of my friends. And uh, so we go out to this Airbnb. Again, I think we're having a few drinks. I think we're having so much fun. I'm like with my two best friends, having the time of my life. And we go to bed that night and his phone was just vibrating on the side table as I'm trying to sleep. And I was like, okay. I'm really trying to sleep right now. His phone is like ringing off the hook. So I was like, you know, can you turn off your vibrate? And whatever I said in that sentence set him off. And that's when he went off on me. And I finally looked at him and I said, 
honestly, I asked you to turn off your vibrate. If you're going to talk to me like this, I'm breaking up with you. Like, no. I'm not taking this anymore. And he went off on me. He called me every name under the sun. And this is like a few hours from my hometown, right? And he got up and actually left me and my friends at the Airbnb. Yeah, like I mean, hours away from our home. I mean, it's, at this point, whatever you tell me is not shocking. No. Right. And I know deep down it's not. But like... What are you having a hard time with? I just feel like I did something wrong Why? still. Like I'm like, how can, here's how what, can any... Here's what you did wrong. Someone handed you a bomb and it had a timer on it. And it was had a countdown. Tick, 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 tick. And you knew it was a bomb. You're like, this is a fucking dangerous bomb. And then all of a sudden, like the timer slowed down and it paused. It stopped for a second. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to get rid of this and I'm not going to call the bomb squad. And I'm not going to like get it out of my house. I'm just going to let this bomb like hang out here because like it's the countdown stopped. So maybe, maybe we're good. Yeah. And then you just like forgot it there. And then all of a sudden it went down 10 more seconds and you're like, oh, fuck. And then it stopped again. And you're like, you know what? I'm still going to keep the bomb in the house. And it kept going and finally it blew up. And now you're like trying to understand why it blew up. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're doing in this moment. So you knew he, you're, you're having a hard time processing that you deep down, you know, three months ago, someone, he told you, I'm a bomb. I'm going to go off. It's only a matter of time. And you try to convince yourself that it would magically never go off, even though it just slowly and intermittently count down. Sometimes it would stop and then the timer would just sit there at eight minutes and 33 seconds for you know a week. And then it would go down to 8.01. You're like, oh, getting a little close. But you know what? It stopped again. Maybe it will stay there at 8.01 forever. And that's what you did. It was like every week he was telling me, because I got really insecure. I was like, you know, like, why did you change? What's happening? I was trying to understand why he wasn't the same person. And in turn, he would tell me I was insecure. But, and I was. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's called gaslighting, right? So. Yeah. He, he gaslighted And you. I he, think. But, I don't but know. He, I even if feel... you did something wrong, right? You know what I'm saying? Because again, people. In any relationship, the healthiest relationships, people make mistakes, right? Some, most of these are not forgivable mistakes. You just learn from it. But even if he, even if you cheated on him, like it's not, it wouldn't have been his fault you cheated on him. It doesn't give him an excuse to call you a name or, 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 or verbally abuse you. It certainly wouldn't be an excuse to physically abuse you if he was mad that you cheated. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's not a, an excuse, right? Yeah. So like... You just have to accept that like the way he handled his anger and his insecurities was so incredibly wrong and toxic. And that was reason. So like you trying to figure out if you did anything wrong or what you might have done wrong is irrelevant because what he did wrong is how he handled his anger. And the only guarantee <laughs> you could have given him or any guy you date in the future is that you're going to upset them. That there will be situations yeah. where they misread your intentions, right? Mm -hmm. That's a guarantee in any relationship. You know, when people say, I love you to each other for the first time, they all start to say, I also promise to make you mad. Because that, that is a is promise true. that everyone <laughs> should. That's the only one promise you can make in any relationship. I'm going to piss you off. You're not going to be intentional, <laughs> but I'm going to fuck up. You know, I'm going to say I something know. and we're going to like... We're going to misread each other. And what you did wrong is you 
doubted yourself, the things you, you didn't trust your gut enough. You made excuses for him and that's fine. I'm not trying to criticize you, but that's what you can learn from it, right? Yeah. But you're wasting energy trying to see if you were, if it, again, it doesn't matter if you made a mistake. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if he was right with his accusations. It's how he handled his anger and his insecurities was so toxic that you shouldn't have been in that relationship. Because of how he handled it, because have. of this, you know what I'm saying? Do you understand that though? That's important for you to understand because once you understand that you will stop feeling the way you're feeling right now and stop questioning if you did something, it's a completely irrelevant. You will yeah. make mistakes in relationships. You should be allowed to make mistakes without walking on eggshells, without feeling fear because the people that's the person who says they love you even though sometimes you might trigger them and you might really hurt their feelings and sometimes, yeah, they'll raise your voice and sometimes they might even yell and that might happen over time. But in a way that like this toxic and just testing you and, and that's fucked up and you shouldn't it have is. to deal it, with that. And that is, again, like, that's why you broke up. Again, that's, 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 that's why that's we it. broke up. You know, it. it was, the, yeah, he was like, texting me after even just being like i didn't love you like you were just too nice that i felt bad for you and all this stuff like i was just like oh my god like this is never ending like i'm never this guy is just like out to ruin my entire life right now like uh, yeah i mean again making me feel like i did stuff wrong but you didn't so you know you didn't right we know. we know this we can agree on that can we agree now despite your fears that you can end this call and say i did nothing to deserve the way he treated me. Yes. I think deep and down I knew that, but I think I needed. Yeah. And that any, I needed to hear another person's opinion. Any energy wasted on wondering what you might've done wrong in the relationship is irrelevant because this is about how he handled his frustrations and you didn't deserve the way he handled being mad. And this is, sounds like an incredibly toxic potentially dangerous person who I really yeah, feel for his he, next girlfriend, especially knowing that too. he knows how to hide it for a good period of time. Yeah, he was. And he was very, 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 he got very angry and he was not physical with me, but he would yeah. get physical with other things. He would yeah. beat it, up stuff around the house. Yeah. A dangerous guy. He's a dangerous guy. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. You should, Block him. You should. He's not I your problem. Blocked he, and deleted off everything. He's not your problem, and the only thing you can learn from it is to, you know, again, be better at dissecting whether, like, it it, it's, it doesn't matter what you did. Again, even if you yeah. cheated on him, and that would make you a cheater, and that wouldn't be okay, and I'd have to be like, hey, don't cheat. That sucks. That was a dick move. It doesn't justify. Yeah him doing what he did those are two two things can be true at the same time so you're wasting all I, this um, energy thinking about well what could i have done better you know when you go he treated me so well before like he did everything for me it was like a dream and then when you just lose it right away and someone tells you that you're Sucks, insecure yeah. this is your fault this is i'm doing acting this way because of you it's just like well, what did I do to like, what I, did I do to get here? It's no, like, it's scary. <laughs> and it's so disheartening because again, that was like a year and a half. It seemed fine. And, and that sucks. And this is like a worst case scenario. It's happened to other people from, you know, thankfully it doesn't happen all that much, but you aren't the first person for this to happen to. 
And it's scary. It sucks. And that's the worst part because it does. It takes it takes time to get to know someone. It takes time for someone to be so comfortable enough that they can truly act like themselves. And and sometimes um, people will surprise you about who they really are when they get real comfortable. A lot of stuff has come to light about the relationship too since we broke up. Like a lot of actually his cousin approached me and said pretty much was like, can we FaceTime? I just want to talk to you about everything. So we FaceTimed and she just pretty much told me all these lies he had been telling me that she was even scared to tell me the truth about. Yeah. Because she's scared of him too. And I was just like, is everyone scared of this guy like I am? Or is this just like, yeah, uh, listen, it's just, I felt like everything was a lie. Yeah. And it was. And that's okay. And like, yeah. and you might have to do some processing about, you know, building up some trust and, and let not, not let this guy impact future relationships because it can be scary, right? I can only imagine how scared you might be to like trust and love in the future, knowing that he fooled you and lied to you. And, and maybe, you know, think about considering some therapy to, to work through that. If, if, if you're feeling a level of, you know, not being able to open up and trust, because I could understand how you might feel that way, but it's really important to know where you can take some ownership is that, you know, you, again, he was a bomb. He told you I'm a bomb. He showed you he was a bomb and you pretended he wasn't a bomb. And next time someone does that, be like, I, I know. Yep. Yeah. That's a bomb. Bombs go off. Yeah. And it would be nuts like to let a advice. bomb live in your house without, <laughs> <laughs> even if, you know, they're like, you don't, you don't guess if it's diffused or not. Okay. Yeah. So once that someone proves sense. to be a bomb, you remove them from your life. And I, I am going to therapy. So Good. I'm taking a step in the right direction. Yeah. So there's definitely light at the end of this tunnel. It's not, I hope so. there's, there's things you can learn from it's, you know, um, it's, um, you know, some parts of life are just dumb, bad luck and you know what I'm saying? And, uh, uh, you don't have to judge yourself. You don't have, you know, and, and, and don't go into your next relationship with all these walls up if you can help it. Um, and just get better at paying attention to when those signs do present themselves because that is what you could have done a better job at. I agree. I, I do struggle with that, so I'm going to keep that in mind next time. All right. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for calling him. Thanks for talking. All right. Gotta love your sustainable products and the one-stop shop for sustainable products and high-quality products and everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price public goods. That is right. Everything from coffee to toilet paper and shampoo to pet and pet food. Public goods is the new everything store thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Tell you what they, uh, I got these like really amazing wooden toothbrushes from them. Oh, the bamboo tooth, oh, bamboo uh, toothbrushes. They're so uh, cool. And they're his and hers. And they're great. And I, I'm like a goddamn rock star when I have guests over. I'm like, hey, have a bamboo toothbrush. And they like, said this chocolate-covered almonds, which are like a goddamn delight. sickening good. You'd be surprised what they have. And everything they have is high quality, again, with a conscious thought to how they procure the products they sell. I worked out an awesome deal for my listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their product and come back again and again that they are giving you a $15 to spend on your first purchase. Plus, right now, receive your choice of either a free pack of bamboo straws or reusable food storage wraps 
with your order. You have nothing to lose. That's right. Just go to publicgoods.com slash V-I-A-L-L and use code V-I-A-L-L at checkout. That's right. P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S.com forward slash V-I-A-L-L to receive $15 off your first order. Hot Take, your bank account should work for you, not against you. Chime is an award-winning app and debit card with no hidden fees or monthly minimums. After all, you've earned your money. You deserve to keep it. Free overdrafts on $100 in debit purchases with SpotMe. It's like overdraft protection, but better. Get your paychecks, benefits, stimulus checks, and tax return up to two days earlier with direct deposit. Turn on alerts and let you know when your card is being used and instantly block your card if something else is fishy. So you have great security with them. And you can save on autopilot when you sign up for a Chime spending account. You can enroll in optional saving accounts and grow your savings automatically with a 0.5 annual percentage yield. That's amazing. Join the millions on Chime. Sign up just takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Apply now at chime.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That is chime.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Chime is a financial technology company banking services provided by the Bank Corp on Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases. Limited start at $20 and may be increased up to $100 by Chime. Early direct deposit depends on the payer. Out of network cash withdrawal fees apply. Third party and cash deposit fees may apply. Go to chime.com slash V-I-A-L-L for details. I have an Ask Nick topic. (laughs) It was a personal thing. Great. I'm curious. I feel guilty because this guy I was seeing, um, it was like we started dating or like we started seeing each other in January and then he got me a vibrator for my birthday. What? (laughs) This guy I was seeing got me a vibrator for my birthday. Your birthday? Is that Amanda talking? Yes. That totally tracks for Amanda. I don't know why anyone's surprised. No, I didn't have one and he was shocked at that and he was like, I want to get, he was like, so it came up organically in conversation, right? That I do not have a vibrator. And then this guy was awesome. like, wait, that's, shocking. that's perfect. Uh, like I, cause it's like, I have no idea what to get you for your birthday. Like it's that weird ambiguity. So like it's that weird <laughs> middle ground phase where it's like, I don't and know. And you weren't like straight up boyfriend and girlfriend. No, no. not at all. <laughs> but he was like, he was like, I'll get you one. That's a perfect birthday gift. Are we recording? Like, I don't know But you're a fun you. sex partner. So that's fun. But then, and then things ended and now I feel guilty. Did he ask for it back? No, but I <laughs> ended because I was like, he bought you a vibrator? But on one hand, I'm I was just, like, should you know, I like a ring. him for it? But I was also like, I wouldn't have spent this much on a vibrator. <laughs> that was a gift. How much you did you spend on it? Is it a good one? Is it like 150? Oh, the I 150. think it was like $100. Dude, I, I, don't, I don't like... You don't give a gift back. I get why you would feel weird. I don't think you should feel weird if no. like if you want to keep using it, go nuts. Like... <laughs> Uh, I think but it's also you guys are like having sex and that's like something you brought into your sex life. So that's fun. I don't think what he did was anything wrong, but it's a little like, I, don't I just know. feel bad because I think like I was the one who was like, at first I was like, Oh, I don't think I want I was like, I don't want to be hooking up exclusively anymore. Like, okay. and then I was like, I actually don't want to hook up with you at all anymore. And so I feel like I was the one who sort of ended stuff and that it was like very close if, after. Listen, if you're a guy, Good, good on you for being sex positive, sex toy positive, and realizing that your uh, tool isn't the only tool that she might enjoy during the bedroom. Nevertheless, if you're going to gift a woman a sex toy before you two are in a like serious, committed relationship, understand that because it's not in a committed, serious relationship, and even if it is, it can still end. So like that's kind of on you. Wait, to... is someone asking for this toy back? No. Yeah. I'm like, but, no. What is the but I'm just it's saying just, like I feel guilty because I'm like he's why? right. 
Why? Don't. Just go do yourself and get over it. He- <laughs> What's he going to do with it? Use it on just- himself? Like, no. Yeah. I mean, and just to be clear, he hasn't like thrown it in your face. Like, but I got you a dildo. <laughs> No. If I gave back everything that someone had given to me, I wouldn't have any fine jewelry left. Like, no, you keep it. You know, Allie, Allie's like, I have to give back my fine jewelry. And Amanda's like, (laughs) I gotta give back dildos. That's so the personality. There is a reason why vibrators and dildos don't come with strings attached. (laughs) It's because they don't, they shouldn't. I think I feel bad because I think, one, he's like a PhD student. So it's like he's not like some like consultant with a ton of disposable income. So because he's getting a PhD, you want to give him his I just mean that uh, uh, I just Amanda. mean that he's a student. And like, I think you're not you're not like you're not as accountant. You're not here to manage yeah. his money. You're not his business manager. I just feel I feel like maybe he bought it with the like the pretense that like we were because we were playing house a little bit at one point and it was fun. Oh, this is the guy you're you playing know, house with? Just for a weekend. But I mean, I, uh, well, yeah, I that's, like, this is all on him. And if you don't want to keep using it, throw it away. But like, I don't care about you. You don't need to Venmo him for something he bought you months ago. Is that that's what you're not, debating? Yeah, should I she Venmo literally him? said that. Venmo? She was like, maybe I should Venmo him <laughs> for it. I'm like, do not Venmo that's him. Crazy. Honestly, you, there's a greater chance he'll he'll be more annoyed and hurt that you Venmo him. Yeah. yeah. In Bling Empire, do you remember this? Anna gifted a bunch of those designer clothes. And what's Kevin tried to give them back, and she said that was rude. Listen to Bling Empire. Kelly would want you to listen to Anna. Kelly Me Lee, favorite guest. If I were a guy, and I wouldn't do it, but if I were a guy and do it, just randomly give a girl a vibrator because we dated for a week. I wouldn't want it back. (laughs) I had a uh, like a gay best friend buy me a vibrator. Either way, I would just listen. It's a gift. Yeah, it's a gift. If he took you out for dinner, what? Where is the guilt student? coming from? Are you do you feel like, like you let him on? I feel guilty because it's like very new for me to prioritize like my own design. Like I think I tend to when I feel like loyalty to someone or when I feel like someone is like doing something for me, then like I feel like I usually need to return that with loyalty. So this is like very new for me to be like there was nothing like wrong with him, but I was like this was the first time where I was like yeah, but there's also nothing like particularly right. And so I think I just feel like this is the first time that I'm like, I feel like I really was like, oh, I have a really high bar for like the type of people I want in my life and you don't meet it versus in the past, like the bar has been like slightly lower. And he was like, he treated me really well and he was really nice to me. So I think I'm just like feeling bad. Like I'm seeing this from, I'm seeing the interaction from his side. How did he handle you ending the relationship? Like, well, okay, so the first, so it started, we'd had a conversation about exclusivity only as it relates to, like, COVID. Just, like, I was sort of like, listen, at this stage in a relationship, usually it would be, like, none of my business if you're hooking up with other people. But, like, just because of COVID, like, like, can you just, like, let me know? Like, keep me, like, keep me in the loop? And he was like, yeah, totally, but, like, I'm not. And I was like, okay, I'm not either. But, like, we established that. Well, that's, and that doesn't mean anything. So then I, like. So then I amended that later on. And he would, it was just like he would text a lot. And he was like, he was someone who would schedule dates. Like he made it very clear no, that no, I was I like a priority. Up. How did he handle you ending <laughs> the relationship? Well, okay. So the first time I was like, I, I started, it came in two phases. The first phase was like, hey, just so you know, like I'm kind of in a place where I don't really want to feel like I owe anyone anything. Yeah. So I don't think I can like, but I don't want to be exclusive. Did he it well? And he was like, or not? He was like, so do you not want to hook up with me anymore? And I was like, no, I'm I'm like, I'm down to keep. No, he got defensive. 
He was not happy. Well, he was like, he was like, okay. He and then okay to poorly, I guess. And then I texted him to really end it, and he never responded to that. Yeah. So. And then I sent him a different text about something completely unrelated a few weeks Stop later. To <laughs> and him. he responded. <laughs> just to like, I, I was just like, are you watching this? Like, it was a Trisha Paytas podcast. Shouldn't have done that. Why? It's a dick move. To what? Uh, because you, you felt guilty for something you shouldn't feel guilty about. You ended a dating situation, which you had the right to. He got defensive and that's fine. It's not the end of the world. He could have handled it better, but whatever. He just didn't reply. So you felt guilty, unnecessarily so, and you let your guilt, and you didn't want to feel guilty anymore, so you like waited a couple of weeks and randomly threw out some benign requests, hoping to see if he would respond back so you felt less guilty. You did it for your own self. At the same time, kind of leading him on and giving him some false hope that you might be interested in hooking up again. No, I, I don't think I gave him false hope. You don't know if he did or not, but either way, you were more concerned about not feeling guilty for something you shouldn't feel guilty about. That's fair. And you risked leading, risk leading him on I don't by doing think, so. Is sending someone a text saying, are you watching this live podcast? Yeah, because it's leading like, them on? why would you, yes. like you ended it and all of a sudden you're like, it, it says someone who wants, who is looking for validation and wanted to keep a relationship going in any form will tell themselves anything. You know, so they heard from you. So like he doesn't know that you were doing it for yourself. He's going to think of it as you're thinking about him. This made me think about him. I watched this thing and it, I, he was the person I wanted to ask. So, I mean, think about all the things we convince ourselves of. He has no context of why you text. And deep down, all you did is felt guilty about how you ended it. Also, you, you I felt pity and he I guarantee you when he got that text, he wasn't like, you know what? She's probably just feeling pity and she wants to not feel guilty. Keep in mind, you had nothing to feel guilty for. And that's how you complicated the situation. And like, yeah, you should have just been OK with disappointing think, him. But OK, but from my perspective, I'm also like, first of all, he lives so close to me, which was awesome. But I like I. I think with almost everybody that I've hooked up with, like I am on good terms with them. I think we could have a conversation and hang out and be fine. And I think that's something that I take pride in and probably shouldn't. That's a different thing. But I, I like this I'm not is saying that. Like, I'm not saying that. But you tried to force the issue. You should have waited for him to be okay with reaching out to you on a benign thing. But I've why would he reach out when I ended things with him? Because like maybe like I've had that happen, right? I've had that happen with situations and like you awkwardly run into someone and they're like, you know what? It's all cool. Like it's good. And then you be, I've, I've become friends with those people. But at first, it's a little complicated. It's a little messy. Egos and feelings are involved. But like you were trying to do like it in your terms. Branch, you ended, you, I thought it was like an olive branch. Be like, hey, no, like, no, it we're wasn't. still cool. No, it wasn't an olive I branch. Think it's, I think it should always be up to the person yes. broken up with yes. to figure out how they want to start a friendship exactly. of any kind. Or, and he and has, I get annoyed when the person the right. who broke up with me yes. is like trying to figure out if we're friends, if we're not speaking anymore. I'm like, that's not your job. You broke up with me. It's my right to decide where we go. You were a little selfish. Go with not feeling guilty and wanting to make sure and prevent an awkward situation because he lived close to you. What if he wasn't ready? What if he was still into you? What if he was still sad? What if he really wanted to hook up? Like you didn't know any of those things and you didn't give any fucks, but you were just felt a little guilty at a risk of running into him and having to be a little awkward. I think we're overstating the significance of- I don't think it's the end of the world yeah. at all. And it's not a big deal. And this shit happens all the time. But if we're just being candid about what that dynamic was, that's what it was. 
And I just think in the future, when you feel that, you should, to Allie's point, let him write you randomly when he is ready to have that type of platonic relationship with you. Because yeah. you risked leading him on. But I'm like... Nah, there's no but. No. <laughs> I'm 100% sure no I'm 100% but? right. <laughs> I, I hear you. I just really... Here's here's my. I'm not I, saying you I had bad intentions. I'm not saying that was your intention. I'm just saying that was the result. People do bad things. I still believe that because I was the one who ended things. Like it, he probably was like, she wants nothing to do with me. She hates me, and so this was a way of saying, hey, like, you're making excuses. I am. Yeah. It's okay. It happens. Again, I understand all the, the things you're trying back. to say, but I'm just saying <laughs> you were more concerned about your feelings than his when you reached out. You didn't consider how he might interpret that text because you were more worried about being the cool chick that he could talk to even though you didn't want to hook up with him anymore. But Nick, I have a shirt that says I'm not a cool chick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. And again, it's not a crime, but like these are like the little things in dating that lead to like frustration and miscommunication and 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 things like that and they're i mean think of all the women we've talked to who guy says i don't want to hook up anymore they were they invested something maybe they got him some gift of some kind and he out of nowhere is like yeah no it's just not for me and then a month later they're like hey you watching this show imagine what that girl might think oh maybe he does miss me Meanwhile, all he wanted to do was make himself feel better is make himself feel better for not feeling like a dick. If I ever text an ex, it's usually for my own purposes. It's to make me feel better. It's to not make usually 100 percent <laughs> of the time. It's not about yeah. them. It's about me being like, OK, I mean, no, I'm a good person. I'm being hard on you. Friends. But do you think you're so special that he needed to hear from you is that he couldn't live his life without like oh making sure no, it's not. Listen, yeah. Nick's given me some brutal shit before. I think he was. I think he was debilitated, lying in bed for days on end. I think. Oh he my can, god! I can, he could move. He Even if he was, that's a and growth process. And he got that one text yeah. from me, yeah. and then all of a sudden, he miraculously he, came back. Yes. He had the will yeah. to live because yeah. she texted him so about sure. a podcast. He was watching a podcast on YouTube. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. What's your name? My name is Corral and I'm 23. I'm from LA. Hi, Corral. How can I help? So basically in my life, I've always been attracted to guys who are really extroverted, really outgoing um, with the big dick energy. And that hasn't really worked out for me. Usually um, things go really fast in the beginning. They're like really obsessed with me. And then things just kind of fizzle out. Mm -hmm. And so... I've in 2021, I've tried to date guys kind of out of my type, like even physically. Um, so I've dated more introverts and I'm on the second introvert, I guess. It wasn't really intentional, it just kind of happened that way, I guess. But um, the first guy didn't work out. He wasn't really like meeting my needs. The second guy, I like a lot more, um, but he's still like very quiet. And I'm very, I'm in the middle, so I'm like an ambivert. And 
the reason that I've been attracted to extroverts is because they kind of create that safe space for me to talk about things so we can like talk about everything. But with this new guy, I feel like we can't because like he's not like that. He's kind of quiet. I guess like when we're at like dinner or getting drinks or something, he's very talkative. But like even if we're just like laying in a bed, he's like gets very quiet and mm. I get very quiet and I don't like like that at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm also like like being sexual and like open about sex is like very important to me and like I guess before like the guys initiated that and so I never had to initiate it but now I'm like I want to like talk about it but like I don't feel comfortable like I can and like I don't know what he's comfortable with and like we have had sex once but it wasn't that great and I didn't feel like totally comfortable like sharing what I wanted or like mm -hmm. yeah so so just on this guy alone, forgetting about like your past relationships and trying to try something new and, and good for you for having the self-awareness to be like, hey, maybe I should expand my comfort zone and try it out. Forgetting about all that, like, do you, guy, do you like this guy enough to keep dating him? I think to keep dating him slowly, but I am not anywhere near ready to say I want him to be my boyfriend. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is whether someone's an introvert or an ambivert or an extrovert, like that's great. You have the self-awareness, but like I, I wouldn't get so like broad, like well, I can't date an extrovert because, you know, I've dated a handful of them of them and like they were hot and heavy and then it stopped, you know, again, like how old are these guys you're dating? Are they very, do they vary in age? Yeah. They were early twenties. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's just guys in their early twenties. Yeah. So no, yeah, that I, makes I wouldn't, sense. I wouldn't, I uh, wouldn't, I wouldn't judge all extroverts as a result of, 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 of that. Um, and you're right. Like introverts from time to time can be a slower burn uh, mm -hmm. they're more often in their thoughts, right? And if yeah. you are someone who has introverted qualities, it could be in her thoughts. Uh, you sometimes appreciate the person who helps break you out of your shell, right? Yeah. You know, my whole life, you know, I've had girlfriends or women I've dated, like tell me I'm mysterious or wondering what I'm thinking about. Cause it's like when I'm thinking, it's obvious that I'm thinking and and then like that's worked to my benefit. And then it's also in a dating situation when we're together, they're just like, they get annoyed, you know? It makes them sometimes feel insecure because they're like, you know, we're always worried that someone's thinking about us and it's really not about us. I might be thinking about like, you know, what peanut yeah. butter I should buy tomorrow or something. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, I guess it's just like awkward kind of. Like we're in the bed, we just had sex, we're not talking, we're waking up in the morning, we're not talking. And I don't want to be that girl that's like, what are you thinking about? Like, because before it was always just kind of like we were talking and it wasn't like, I don't want to force it. Well, what are you thinking about is not forcing it. I think that's a actually a great question couples should ask each other more often because I, I do it to my girlfriend all the time. She does it to me. And when she asks me all the time what I'm thinking, because I often look like I'm thinking, and she wants an answer. And then right. when I ask what she's thinking, she's like, nothing. I'm like, you're clearly thinking about something. I see it, you know, like you can't not be thinking about something. But sometimes we just, and maybe it is like dumb and random, right? But it's those kind of dumb and random thoughts that help us kind of understand the nuances of who we're dating and who we are, right? But it's, even if it's dumb and random and stupid, 
it's actually scary to be like, well, do you want to know exactly what I was thinking? Here's what it was. And you're just like, um, is that okay? Am I weird? It's a scary thing to do. I don't think it's as easy. I think people take it for granted to be asked what you're thinking and on the spot actually be like, let me play back what I was just thinking word for word without the fear of judgment. I don't think a lot of people, I think most people will edit that. Most of the time, 99 times out of 100, people are like nothing. And that's not true, obviously, because we're thinking about something. Um, but it's a good exercise for people in relationships to ask each other. Like, you don't want to be like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? But like, sometimes it's just good to know how we're thinking about things. Because as you get to know your partner, you will learn how they think. Right? Yeah. And hopefully by doing so, you will reduce the amount of times you're worried about them thinking something negative about you. You will realize they're thinking about like which ham they should order. Yeah. You know, or something like that. I guess I'm not worried that they're thinking like a negative thing about me. I'm just like, I just want to know, like, I, I guess I just want to be able to talk about everything. That was like probably my favorite thing with my relationship yeah. with my ex-boyfriend. We were just so close. So if you're going to date, try to date someone different, that you're going to have to operate a little bit different as well. Right. Yeah. Right. So you are going to have to maybe initiate the conversations more than you're used to. Now, that doesn't mean you have to accept being the one fully responsible to do that. But knowing that he is more introverted than the guy you're normally willing to date, that you should allow it to give it more time. And he should slowly open up to you and help carry the conversations. If he does it, you might come to a decision about like, uh, this isn't a match. I need a little bit more. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. and that's okay for you to feel that way. Right. But don't like be afraid. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to annoy him and I don't want to be that person. Like jumpstart a little bit and see over time if he gets more comfortable. Yeah. I guess with that too, like how long do I give it? It's been a little over a month. As long as you want, you know, as long as you know, you tried, if it's just not feeling it, if all, if, when you get to the point where you're just like, I don't know, I don't feel like trying anymore. Yeah. I, I, he, I'm not, if you don't feel like you're, if it's like it's working, you know, whenever you, the excitement wears off. You yeah, know? that makes sense. Um, when you ever, you feel like you're doing more work than you should, you know, there's, it's dating, you know? Yeah. You don't, there's <laughs> oh, yeah. no right or wrong. You don't owe him anything. He doesn't owe you anything other than respect. Right. right. And other long as you guys respect each other, you don't owe him not disappointing him. You don't owe, he doesn't owe you that either. You just owe each other respect. As long as you keep dating, you know, if, if this, if it doesn't work out with this guy, don't be afraid to test drive another extrovert. The only thing you want to learn from dating extroverts is recognizing that the more extroverted they are, the more prone they might be to like being super charismatic and excitable early on that makes you feel a false sense of confidence about how they might feel about you. And then you get a little too comfortable. That doesn't mean you should be a cynic or neurotic. You're just a, you're more cautious, appropriately cautious because no one can be that excited about someone sincerely mm -hmm. in the first month or two. Right. Yeah. Is they believe it too. Yes. Of like course in their they mind. Do. Yeah. They're fucking excited. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And that's why, like, we've, you know, we've spent a lot of time recently talking about red flags and and, and the spark and, and fuck the spark, as, as uh, Logan would suggest and things like that. And it doesn't make them bad guys. It doesn't make them bad people. It just means we're all kind of learning about ourselves. Right. That's, 
you know, dating in, in your 20s and, and dating early on before you've had a lot of relationships and a lot of heartbreak, it's, it's messy because it's all inexperienced. It's just a bunch of people getting in like race cars without ever being taught how to drive. You're just all like cruising along, just ah, here we go, and like you, you know, you crash and burn, and you're like, oh fuck, that sucked. And you get a couple like emotional injuries through heartbreak, but that's kind of what it's like, you know. Yeah, no, that's true. That's you know, we true. learn on the job, and so just be okay with that. And um, I, I, I commend you for having the self awareness to try out new things, right? Yeah, it's been hard. <laughs> that's okay. Tr yeah. Just try to learn to appreciate that. Yeah. Instead of saying it's been hard, just be like, that good for me. Yeah. No, definitely <laughs> good <know>? for me. <laughs> but it's been a journey. I think eventually sure. you will find, you know, the that right mix. Like I said, you're you're twenty three. If you meet your person at twenty eight, do you have a problem with that storyline? No. Thirty, you know? Yeah. Especially if you get it right. It's just that it's like obviously if I knew, then I wouldn't care but it's like will it ever happen <laughs> a trust trust that it will yeah and know that it will and then that'll help you be more patient maybe when things start opening up more i'll because that's what i like about being single is everything being me being able to be completely free but now everything's closed so it's it's harder to focus on those things sometimes i mean it's amazing what we don't appreciate about being single until we're not single but yeah it's just flirting flirting's fun you know, hey, wow, I like your shirt, you know, wow, that looks good on you. You're handsome, you know, like yeah. that's fun to do. And when you have a boyfriend, like, like it's, you can still be nice to people, but you have to like, be like, oh, don't want to cross the line. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be respectful and it takes work and it's worth it when you're in love. But like, fuck, people don't ever appreciate that freedom when they're single. That's true. That's true. It's a little things. It is a little things. Um, all right. Well, best of luck. You're doing great. Thank I, you. I keep doing what you're doing and just be a little bit more patient with yourself. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate you meeting with me. All right. Take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. What's your name? I'm Catherine. I'm 32. Hi, Catherine. How can I help? Uh, so I've been dating my current girlfriend for about five months and uh, I feel like things are going really great. But I have these like super intense like waves of anxiety that just come up uh, like about once a month. I figured out through uh, intense detective work that it is my PMS, but I don't believe in the like bitches be crazy narrative. So okay. I still think that it's like something to investigate. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I like... guess maybe I, mean, I fuck if I know, obviously, but like, <laughs> couldn't you still be anxious about something? And 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 if you are PMSing, that might heighten the sensitivity exactly. around it but it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean what's causing it right like again that's i'm ignorant I'm, in this topic but that's what i'm thinking yeah. yeah okay um so yeah so i feel like things are going really well she's super nice she's like super attentionate she's a great listener we're having great sex um like i feel like we communicate really well um but like i think like one of the main problems is that she gives me a lot of compliments which is it feels like a silly problem to have. Not necessarily, um, yeah. But, it's a but lot to like live up to, you know? It is. And she's somebody who's, like, very, um, like, open with her joy. Like, she's, like, super grateful about, like, a lot of things around her. And sometimes she'll get, like, teary-eyed. She'll tell me, like, how, like, nice I am, how lucky she feels. And, like, 
I never feel like she's doing it to get something in return. I never feel like it's fake. But um, as someone who doesn't communicate necessarily that way, sometimes it makes me doubt if our feelings are like on the same level. Um, and uh, yeah, so like I don't want to change her. And I think that this is probably something that I need to work on. But yeah. Um, I find myself sort of like waiting for the like honeymoon phase to be over and for her to just like feel normal about just the normal everyday thing. Sure. Well, I think there's just a couple things to be aware of, right? Like it definitely sounds like a you problem, right? Overall, yeah. but you are still in the early dating stages. And as we talk about, like there's nothing wrong with still evaluating your mm -hmm. relationship. There's nothing wrong yeah. with like checking in on the relationship in with yourself without being neurotic and hyper paranoid and, and uh, self-destructive, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, we've heard, we talk about things like love bombing and things like that. And that's not what this sounds like. Right. As long as it feels like it's coming from a genuine place, like we've talked about before, like it's okay to question why someone's complimenting you. Does it make mm -hmm. sense? Right. Is the compliment valid as great as it is to hear how awesome you are. Like, you know, is it, you know, like it's also objective. Oh, you're so beautiful. It's just like, hey, who am I to tell you I'm not gorgeous? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> maybe I don't agree with you because I have an insecurity about something, but like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But like, so it's just good to make sure. And when are they complimenting you? Are they complimenting you when like they think they might be in trouble? Are they using their compliments as a manipulation tactic? It doesn't no. seem like it. So like those no. are the only like small things to check in and not necessarily be neurotic about it, but just be aware, right? But if, mm -hmm. if your girlfriend is just generally very appreciative of the fact that she's met you and found you and she's just excited, just enjoy it. Also be aware of the fact that, yes, over time, the compliments will die down. Some, maybe, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. Maybe she's just like, you know, my brother, he's a hugger. Ever since I've known him to be uh, like six years old, he just hugs people right. and it never gets old for him. I don't get it. It's who he is. It's just he's a he's a huggable guy, whatever, you know. <laughs> and so maybe this is your girlfriend, but also maybe it will slowly die down. And eventually, as she gets to know you, there will be things that irritate her about you. You will become annoying mm -hmm. to you as it does to everyone. And so just don't let that be like, you don't compliment me as much anymore. You know, right. there will as you guys get to know each other, there will be an ebb and, ebb and flow. And as the honeymoon phase dies down, you will get into a more kind of normal, like good days and bad days. And hopefully there's a lot more good than bad. Right. And and mm -hmm. and she will have a right to express a frustration she has. Right. But you should overall it's an overall feeling of love. Right. But it is it's interesting, like. The honeymoon phase, as you get out of the honeymoon phase, it is a tricky time, right? Because it's very easy to want to give compliments and receive compliments. But that first time you realize you annoy your partner, it's kind of scary. You're like, because you, it's easy to get a little cocky and overconfident in a relationship when you, when you're like, my girlfriend's obsessed with me. You know, you're like, I'm awesome. You know what I'm saying? They're complimenting me all the time. I could do no wrong. And then all of a sudden they're like, could you stop that? You're like, what? And then you're like, yeah. oh, is it is the dream over? Have they figured me out? Like, is it like, oh, my God, they're going to. Um. Yeah, but I think like, see, like I ended I was in a like an eight year relationship that ended in last February. Um, and like I missed that, like comfort, like the very comfortable intimacy 
of like being with someone for such a long time. Sure. And I think like part of the anxiety is sort of like building that and understanding like how to build that and how to like still like weigh the relationship and like analyze it as I go, but yeah. not overthink it. Totally. Listen, being in love means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. To me, it means feeling safe, right? And you mm. can't feel totally safe unless the person you feel love for you feel like truly knows who you are, knows some of your secrets and your insecurities, and you still feel that same love. And it's normal, even though you probably feel like you guys know everything about each other. Deep down, you know that's not true, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, you know that there are things she's just gonna have to learn about you over time, even if you've told her, right? And mm -hmm. your subconscious is self-aware about that. And that's, I'm guessing, where your anxiety is coming from. Right. And so right. your neuroses is is obsessing over that. Right. And it sounds like it's being heightened when, you know, you are yeah. feeling more emotional. And but that's just something to be self-aware of. But like you, you know, when it, like for me, something I work on with therapy is controlling my neuroses, controlling my mm -hmm. thoughts, controlling the things I worry about, recognizing that, OK, I'm worried about this. It's a valid feeling, but I can decide to stop worrying about it. I can change the thing I'm thinking about it. And if I don't yeah. actively try to change, then I'll just keep ruminating, right? But I'm not changing anything. I, I'm not, especially in that moment. So I just need to like recognize this is bothering me, either address it or not, but like change what I'm thinking about. And that's something people can do. You can control and police your thoughts. And that's something I've really right. invested for myself. And so that's just something for you to say, all right, this is why. And I'll have to let it play out. Listen, this may, your, this relationship you're in may not work out, mm -hmm. right? You know that. And that's the thing you're worried about because it sounds like it's great. Yeah. And that's scary, <laughs> you know? But like, fuck it. Like, I don't know. You, you can't predict the future. And, and people do that in relationships. When you're younger, like your, our insecurities do push people away. Why are you with me? Oh my God, I can't yeah. believe I have you. Like, that's good to hear at first, but like if you constantly play that narrative out to your partner, they'll stop like being like, I don't know, why the fuck am I with you? Could I do better? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So you want to be careful not to like, con like you want to be able to express your insecurities to your partner, but you, if you're obsessing over your insecurities and they're the one who constantly hears the things that bother you, that can wear on your partner. So just be yeah. careful, you know? and control your thoughts and emotions and just be aware of them and then say, hey, I need to, all right, I need, it's good that I know this, but stop obsessing over it. You know, I can't mm -hmm. change that in the, in the moment. Okay, that's amazing. So, so you, you're good. Yeah, I think that was just, I, that was my question. I think, I think <laughs> you're good, but like, I, I, yeah, I relate a lot to like worrying about shit for the sake of worrying about it. Yeah, yeah, like I just like get in this like, thought spiral you know and then it's hard to, and I think also it's hard right now like with COVID I'm I'm in Montreal so mm -hmm. um we've had like a 8 p.m curfew every day and like she can never come over here I'm always over at her place um like because she has a dog I have two cats we haven't introduced them yet and is, but like I think it's just been hard to feel more like settled and we haven't done a lot of stuff together like we've never been yeah. to the restaurant together sure yeah so you recognize there's a lot to get to know have you yeah. expressed any insecurities to her about yourself oh totally yeah. we've talked about all of this great yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just uh, just keep doing that and uh okay. <laughs> this might not work out 
<laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't stress me out at all. That's Thank great. You. And if that doesn't stress you out, then you have literally nothing to lose, <laughs> you know? Uh, but trust me, I, I'm a neurotic warrior. And so I, I feel you. Yeah. I thought you might say that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, best of luck. Awesome. All right. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. How's it going? Hi, I'm Stephanie and I'm 25. Hi, Stephanie. How can I help? So just like a little backstory, during my senior year of college, I got genital herpes from my boyfriend. Um, just like a side note, you can get that from cold sores. Just like keep that in your head. Future so reference. Just to clarify <laughs> that cold sores are herpes. Correct. Yes. So like, and lots of people have them on their mouths. You know, you see people all the time with that. Correct. So like, yes. Just, yeah. So I'm that's just distinguishing wild. like how there's this weird kind of whole double standard about the whole thing. Oh, yeah. There's like a huge stigma, which is unfortunate, um, which is the reason why I wanted to like ask you this question sure. anyway, yeah. just to put it out there for the people who might have this issue. Um, so I got it in college and I've only ever had that outbreak, which is super lucky because it's like a painful and uncomfortable thing. Um, and since then, I've taken like daily medication to minimize outbreaks. So I don't get it. And that I also like don't give it to other people because essentially it can be shed asymptomatically. So even uh -huh. if I don't have an outbreak, I can give it to someone if I have sex with them. Is okay. that as true with type one as is type two? So I'm not a doctor. Um, and my understanding is since I have type one, it's like more true and type two is a little more contagious, but also I'm not a doctor. So that's maybe just like what I tell myself to like make myself feel better. Yeah, I mean, I um, uh, as a hypochondriac, I've done in my early 20s, did a ton of like reading up on the stuff and had conversations with doctors. And my understanding, also not a doctor, is that you have type one and you have type two, right? Type two is more commonly genital herpes and type one is more commonly cold sores, but both you can have on each. But if you get one where it's not as common, then it becomes less contagious and less prone to outbreak. Does that make sense? Am I yeah, right? Yeah, that's what... Is that what you no, yeah, that's as well? My understanding as well, and that's how I like pitch it to people as like not a selling point, but <laughs> gotcha. like, you know... <laughs> okay, Go It's ahead. a good thing, you sure. know? yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I guess my like main question is that like in the past, I've been lucky with relationships that like I knew them beforehand. And so we already had this like trust mm -hmm. and I could easily have this conversation with them. And like it didn't always go like, well, like I didn't always end up like dating them because yeah. it was an issue. Mm -hmm. But now I've like moved to a new city. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm on the apps. I'm like talking to people, going on dates. It's very fun. And I'm like kind of struggling with how to bring this up like I've done it in two ways so far once was like after like we've hung out a bunch like almost two months we were gonna have sex I told him like I wanted to wait and like go slow and then I sat down and talked to him about it and he like freaked out and was like I can't believe you hid this from me like I can't believe you lied to me and I was like this seems like a big reaction like you're probably not my person but also like noted and that's obviously done and then mm -hmm. I've also brought it up like sooner but then it kind of is this awkward like very personal thing that I have to share and the person like doesn't know me that well and then has to make like a choice on if they want to continue to get to know me like mm -hmm. with yeah. this thing um so it's just I'm curious on your take on your opinion on your feelings 
thoughts on like how you should how to bring it up yeah i sounds like you have a good handle on it um so most of the time i'm guessing you're just dealing you know as you are dating you're going to be dealing with some people who are more mature more educated probably even had to scare themselves right or you know and the people who freak out on you like less mature less educated less experienced and you're just going to have to you know the only advice for i have for you is if you're take your time right because people like we've talked about this recently whether it's your virginity and you're a virgin or you know you have you've t- tested positive for type 1 antibodies it's important to tell people the right thing it's important to be honest and let them know but since you don't know you know in a dating situation like should you tell these people right away? It's not none of their business. We shouldn't be going on first dates and telling people our deepest, darkest secrets because you don't know if it's going to work out. You might find on the third date that they're a jerk or whatever, or there's no chemistry. Or you're just not that into them. So just take your time because like every person you tell is now knowing your, you know, your private health and, you know, your, your, your medical. And not everyone has the right to know that if you're not going to be intimate with them. Right? Yeah. So just I think, take your like, time. something... I think something I like am working on is like I've been trying to be a much more like direct communicator and be like very upfront about like what I expect and like who I am like from the gym. Um, And so I think I sometimes maybe also feel that like I'm hiding something because it's just like a part of me. But also at the same time, it's not it's a big deal, but it's also like not the biggest of deals. What's crazy to think about. Is that so again, you know, you call it genital herpes because you had a reaction, you know it, but it's far more common for people to contract type one in their genitals, not have a reaction because it's not, it's like, it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't like it's the soil isn't as like good down there, so to speak. And then like a layman's terms, like, you know, it's just, it doesn't do well down there. So they don't have a reaction. They have no idea. Then one day, five years later, they're just like, hey, let's just do a whole panel. Let's do all, all the tests. And they take their blood and the doctor comes back and says, hey, by the way, you have the antibodies for type one. Person freaks out. They're like, I've never had a cold sore. They're like, hey, you probably got it as a child. I don't know. Meanwhile, they contracted. They have no idea. And there's no way for a doctor to know unless you have an, uh, an actual outbreak. And many people who contract type one or, or type two in their mouth because, you know, they may never have an outbreak, but they have the antibodies. And their people are walking around having no idea. And people with cold sores don't go. That's what's interesting. Like, there's it, it a huge debate. If you have a cold sore, should you be telling people that you get cold sores before you kiss them? I mean, I, I feel like if you had asked me this, like, what, seven years ago before I had this, like, I would have been like, who cares? But now I'm like, maybe. Um Maybe you should, yeah. Interesting, because it's literally the same thing. It's the same thing. I was reading this crazy article where essentially, like, this is also like not a doctor read it on the internet, but like they don't test for herpes as much, like outright, because so many people have it, it would just like cause like mass panic, panic. So yeah, I read something once by the time the like eighty like there's it's a high number. I'm making up a number, but uh, over the age of sixty, like. Like everyone over the age of like 65 or something, like a crazy number of those people have the antibodies for either type one or type two, mostly type one. And that's what's like 
hard is because I want to like, I don't want to stress people out by saying I have like genital herpes, but that's like technically what I have. That's the truth. And I have to say that. But at the same time, I'm like, I haven't had an outbreak in five years and I take this medication so that I don't and I won't give it to you. So it's like, I have to tell you this and it's very scary. I know, but also it's not. So you you take medication for it, even though it's type one. Yeah, because I'm just like trying to do my best to not give it. I yeah. like my worst fear is like what what ha- what happened to me like happens to someone else like on accident. Like I would yeah. never like uh, want to put someone else in this position. So I'm trying to do like everything. You're doing in my the right. Power you're doing the right thing. Yeah. To not give it to anybody. But I'm just my um, ironically most people who have the antibodies for type one who have no idea how or where they got it aren't taking medication. They're out there just flinging it around, just doing their thing. And no one's the the wiser. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a fa- it's fascinating and interesting because there's so many nuances to this, and so many people just don't know, and they don't have the answers, and there's no way to get the answers unless, in your situation, you can basically trace your steps, and you can because you had a reaction. I know. You know. Um, and so you're you're speaking your truth because you are aware of the truth. So many people, it's not it's not because anyone's doing anything wrong. They just don't know, and and that's that's pretty nuts. But uh, yeah, Amanda wants to chime in. Hi, I'm Amanda, and my mom is an OBGYN. So I grew up in a household where talking about sex and stuff was, uh, and you know, STIs, STDs was much more clinical. And I think one piece of advice that I would maybe share for you, especially if you're encountering a situation where people feel tricked, first of all, like that's bullshit you didn't trick them that's their own stress reaction but perhaps because you do you are entitled to wait until you feel comfortable to have this conversation and to make sure you get to explain it and talk them through it clearly so maybe you can sort of allude in the earlier stages of dating just saying that like i like to take things slow because like it's a larger like sex is a larger conversation for me or maybe there's a way to sort of like sprinkle in that just like there is something that like is more significant that you want to talk about just so that way they are primed. So they have no idea like what it is in particular. You're protecting your own privacy, but then they don't feel potentially blindsided or they don't take their surprise or fear or stress out on you when you bring it up because you very much don't deserve that. And you're behaving so responsibly about this. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's, you know, the prime, it can go both ways. Because I've had it go negatively where yeah. they like then freak out and they're like, what are you going to tell me? Like, do you like they like like this happened to me like well, three days ago where I like kind of primed it and then like he was being weird and I was like why why are you being weird and he was like I'm just really overthinking what your deal with sex is and I so then I was like here I'll tell you and we can talk about it so but, how like, do you handle I don't, it you know um it, he's still thinking about it I don't know well it's interesting like, priming can go both ways weekend. because when you like you know when someone in general forget about STDs and someone says hey. I need to tell you something like if you if that if someone comes to me and says hey um there's something i need to tell you immediate anxiety i have no idea if it's about me or or if it's good or bad but i'm just like i'm i'm a neurotic worrier about like anything um and so i'm just like what you need to tell me amazing and sometimes uh, you need to tell me you need to tell me right away and then they'll be like oh i'm gonna be like five minutes late I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why, why did you, like, it's not a big deal. So to that end, it could work to your advantage, uh, to Amanda's point, because you're, like, setting up some something. And they're like, oh, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. My friend, like, ha- like, you know, they might have some knowledge behind it or, 
you know, some experience with a friend or even themselves or, or whatever. Um, I think most, I think more people are aware of it uh, because either they experienced a scare or had something and they've done their research or they're, you know, they're hyperchondriacs and, and, you know, or they had a friend who done it and they've done some homework and they're like, actually, like, I, I definitely don't want it, obviously, but at the same time, like I, I understand the nuances of, of this. And, um, so yeah, it could, uh, it could go positively. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And it's probably a matter of finding like a very specific phrasing that works where it doesn't trigger anxiety or make it seem like a big deal, but maybe like very subtly alludes to something. Even if it's just saying like, I like to take it slow because you know, sex is like significant for me and i can see i like to take it slow and that's period we're done exactly i get to say that like sorry i'm awesome if you want to hang out you should be able to date someone long enough right let's say if you're going on dates with a guy right and you're focused on really getting to know him right you're you're asking him questions and you're paying attention to his questions and you're paying attention to the answers and vice versa you should be able to get to know this guy to the point where is he the type of guy who is going to talk with me about this? Even if he gets anxiety, even if he has like a reaction, is he going to make me feel judged? Has this guy lived a life? Now, whether it's STDs or something else, you know, because the more life you live, the more often shit happens to you and you learn how to react less volatile, you know, because you realize that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger type of thing, right? And so whether it's an STD scare or something else, you know, the more experienced people have lived, the less they'll get defensive about this. Like if, you know, so yeah, if, if you meet a guy, he's like, yeah, you're my first girlfriend, you know, like uh, chances are he might <laughs> have a lot of questions, you know? Um, so yeah, and I love, I'm very comfortable talking about it. I've read a lot about it. I'm like confident with like what's going on, but I will say like in my past, like not to, you know, stereotype, but like most of the men I've dated, that went well and understood this were like, you know, a couple of years older than me. What's the ratio like, yeah. would you say between guys who handled it well and guys who don't? I'm curious. I feel like it's kind of like 50, 50, but most of the time the guys that don't like eventually come around, they just kind of freak out. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. I think like for me, it's just like, it's while I'm really comfortable talking about it, it's also like emotionally taxing to like, share this information with yeah. people because it's just like a lot. So I've been, I try not to like involve. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you sharing because you know? I think you're doing a lot of educating. Uh, Amanda, is there anything that you know, or we've discussed knowing that your mom is this, that we've gotten wrong or, or anything you need or want to add about this? Sorry, Karen. I don't, I don't have any specific medical information, <laughs> and, but, but we've, we've, at least to your knowledge. I think I think for me, because my mom was um, much, she was like in surgery and um, the obstetric side of things. Um, but I think the, the biggest takeaway for me is just like that people are entitled to medical privacy and medical dignity. And that that is something where we are sometimes because of the stigma associated with certain illnesses or infections are so quick to lose that in a way that's very dehumanizing and shitty. And it sounds like you are doing an amazing job of advocating for yourself and ensuring that you deserve, you get the respectful treatment you deserve. Yeah. I will say the guy that I'm like, you know, he's like, I don't know, he's like busy. I don't know. We're all busy. 
um, he was very like, when we had the conversation, he was very much like, thank you for sharing this. Like, I know this was a big deal. And yeah. like, I of course will not share it with anyone. And like, I don't know. So it was a good conversation. Totally. T- and any, TBD, if it any will continue, guy, but. whether it's STDs or, or virginity or anything who says to you, why did you hide this from me? Or, or why did like, cause it wasn't your fucking business, you know, like, well, I'm sorry you went on four dates with me and, and I didn't share all my secrets with you so that you could decide whether my, you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck you. Like, he definitely hasn't told you all his secrets, guy on fourth date, you know? And, I, you know, maybe he doesn't have uh, type one herpes. And again, he probably has no idea because he's probably never had his blood drawn. Um, but there's something that he's ashamed of or embarrassed about. And it's, pro- you know, probably fine and okay but he's afraid to tell people and he he doesn't tell people on on the fourth or fifth or sixth date you know like it's a fucking date it's you're going out on a wednesday afternoon i'm sorry if you didn't go out with me what the fuck would you be doing and people are just like why don't you tell me i should have known like oh why because you've been on 10 dates with me fuck you um but so just don't let anyone feel don't let any guy or, or, or girl make you feel judged for withholding and keeping, as Amanda said, like your privacy and medical history. And if even if it's not medical history, whatever it is, like that's not everyone is entitled to your all your secrets just because you're going on a date with them. You know, yeah, I'm working on that. I like to share. I like to chat, but also it's none of your business. So thanks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Uh, well, great. I really appreciate you uh, sharing this. I think, um, you know, uh, educating people on sex and, and STDs is something that we never can get enough of. And it's scary to talk about. And there are a lot of stigmas. Uh, I can only imagine what it was like for you uh, when you found out and probably all the things you might have thought and, and fears. And for anyone listening who's experienced what your experience, it sounds like overall you have a healthy and happy dating life right yeah lots of fun lots of yeah and i think that's uh important to note because uh i think there's a lot of people who who might not feel that way um and have a lot of fear and and around that so thank you for for sharing uh, your story well thank you for chatting with me about it and reaffirming my decisions (laughs) all right well take care best of luck thanks all right take care well, what a fun episode. Uh, we always appreciate the vulnerability and honesty of our, our callers. I felt like we uh, had a nice varietal in this episode, uh, even from uh, Amanda. Don't do that shit anymore. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so Nick Vile of you. <laughs> uh, we, we we agree, though. Yes, now I know it, it takes a while for you to admit defeat. I would agree 100%. I don't know. Have I have do I understand your perspective and think there is value in pursuing that thought course? Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm 100% right. She says it says it on his freaking shirt. I also have a sweatshirt that says sorry I'm right today. Except uh, you're not. Uh thanks so much um for everyone including Amanda for uh, sharing their uh, their stories. Uh, certainly important to get your story, so please uh, don't forget to uh, send in your questions at asknickacastmedia.com, cast with a K. We have a fantastic episode for you on Wednesday with the wonderful Kelly Osborne and Jeff Beecher. 
And I uh, can't wait for you guys to listen to that. It's uh, wild. Let me tell you. And we'll see you in the next